Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Off Point at 30, um, the show where we talk about going off point in life at the age of 30. My name's Les Steed. I'm Juan White. And today's topic comes courtesy to my friend Toby, who's an avid listener. He told me after about 15 pints the other day. Um, he goes, I really like your podcast. I think he's the only one who listens to us, except for our second guest, who is a troll called Elliot. Um, and like, yeah, we found our first troll. and uh, We've made it. Of, yes. Um, like, it took me like two years in journalism before someone told me they wanted to see me hanging from a tree. This guy's a prick. Um, so what we've done is uh, we've been, um, we've been well, Marlon's put out a few adverts on uh, online just to see if we could up our numbers on YouTube. And um, what's the comment say? It's comment from a guy called Elliot Drew. I don't give a fuck if you never use toilet paper or even eat your own shit. So this um, comment placed on a clip I put on about um, Lev using um, my bum holes in Indonesia because that's what he used instead of toilet paper. The episode is about living with your parents. So it's about a two minute conversation we just had um, about that topic of uh, toilet paper. So yeah, we just put up on YouTube and this guy, for some reason, was so angered, he decided <laughs> to respond this way. So I was like, oh, interesting. And the funny thing, I think, as well, he said, um, I don't give a fuck if you ever use, um, if you never use toilet paper or even eat your own shit. So I was thinking, you don't give a fuck, but you got you clicked on a clip and typed a comment. A suggestion, or is that sort of like, you know, like, has he just missed a full stop or a comma there? Mm. Or what's going on there? Because I mean, Bless him. Like, I mean, like, how angry do you have to be to comment on on an... Uh, did you reckon he watched the whole thing? I don't know, because I just found it funny. I don't give a fuck, but you do give a fuck because you commented. Yeah, I mean, like, don't you have to log in to be able to comment? Yeah, like, exactly. You have to be logged in. But um, let's go back to what we I said a few episodes ago about um, trolls, where it's just like showing you're deeply unhappy inside. You have to be deeply unhappy inside. You're just transferring that energy onto somebody else. That's why I didn't respond. I actually liked his comment because I think probably just needs a hug. Yeah, I think it's quite sweet. Yeah. And I clicked on... I mean, um, it's not sweet. I, it's, it's clearly cry for help because, I mean, who the fuck comments on our shit? Yeah, I, I clicked on my own shit. <laughs> I barely even watch my own video. I think there's like seven videos and that's just you checking to make sure it works. I clicked on this guy's profile and it's just like, he had like three videos up of him cooking like salads and like, shout out to him. Like, check out his channel by the way, people, because um, you only yeah. five you only had five views in five years on his cooking video so I, I see where the anger comes from you know what elliot we we will take you on as a guest yeah if you want to have a chat about life and how angry um poop makes you yeah um right anyway let's move on with it today um you know like enough for old elliot um you know like bless you sir um okay so <laughs> but um congratulations you um you're our first troll and um we thank you very much sir yeah i mean honestly like, i tell you, i had this idea though um about a year ago well, a few months ago that um what i want to do is like set up a um a tenor for a troll uh go fund me so every time you get trolled and it's for like journalists or people in like you know public for like the best troll comments you take a little screen grab of it post it up as a comment yeah. um and then donate a tenor so yeah. and it goes against and it, and all the proceeds would go to anti-bullying charities yeah. i just think it was a cute idea but i just think i've got trolled and i can't afford it um <laughs> anyway <laughs> and that way you kind of like balance the karma in the world yeah, yeah um anyway so um okay so yeah first thing, first things first uh, i just want to thank toby for saving me a job um i messaged him earlier today just being like hey um i'm tired because like today i've been feeling like shit i yeah. have just been i i think on day three of a hangover i'm not sure um went out for a heavy one on saturday for a for a friend my friend junior's birthday 
and um yeah it's like my only other black friend marlon i'm more than one of us yeah i'm sorry mate. i mean got the rules that you that white people only have one yeah well you know i mean like i branched out i left surrey um i didn't tell him about you don't worry he doesn't know about you it's okay i mean it's it's still kind of cool you're like my uni black friend you're like my yeah you're like my black friend from uni and I'm allowed, like, sort of, because as long as I keep you guys physically distant, then there's yeah. no, then the lack of verse doesn't implode. And I can still kind of look quite liberal no matter where I go, which is fantastic for me. Chris Rock has a joke where he goes that all black people have a group of white friends and a group of black friends. And all white people have a group of white friends and one black friend. <laughs> That's kind of rare in Surrey. I'm sorry, but it's true demographically speaking. It's like walking through Oxford. You're like, oh, there's one. Quick. Let's uh, move on to the topic. Well, the topic is um, where are you in life compared to your friends? And does that matter to you? Um, so uh, to be clear, um, just in case no one ever listens to any of our shit. Um, I'm currently a journalist, at a national, bro- a national uh, paper but I'm, um, I'm, I'm employed on a zero hours contract uh, and Marlon. I, um, I'm working education um, for top university in, in London um, for the last six, seven years. He's not a teacher, but he's doing, he's an admin or? Yeah, sort of admin, but um, to do with the post, to do with um, postgraduate studies. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm like, yeah. Um, okay. So, um, first thing, okay. So let's just break this one down. So, um, where we're, okay. So, I mean, obviously, I'm, I hit 30 recently, and I think that there's a societal expectation that um, that when you're 30, you're supposed to have your shit together. Or at least, I think growing up, I always thought at the age of 24, I'd have a, a, a house and a, and a solid job, because it's like I think that that's kind of what the plan was mm. back in the 60s, 70s when my parents grew up. Um, obviously, that didn't quite go to plan, but we've done that in a different episode. Um, so, I mean, but that being said, a few of my friends have done very, very well. Yeah. Like, I think that what's happened, though, is that over time, um, the transition period between um, there's like that's there's, there's this middle middle sort of period in your early 20s. that's kind of developed yeah. um, in the last two or three generations, um, which is kind of like post post uni pre um, proper sensible job. And I think that's where they've kind of stuck in all these little internships and bullshits, um, which I could bitch about all day. So I think that for me personally, I feel like I'm five years behind my friends um, also because I went and moved abroad. Yeah. Um, so while I was abroad, they kind of found a nice English girl and or British girl or whatever, um, Scottish as well. And um, they got, I mean, I'm talking just about my friends who I grew up with and they kind of just seem to have got married and um, been, you know, like, um, or they're getting there. They're, they're, sorry, they've got hiccups. Yeah. They're talking about um, getting, like, you know, about they're all very settled in careers. Um, one of them sort of, you know, just like in between different careers because he chose a musical path. And obviously under the circumstances, it's difficult to pursue that. So he's got to look for more solid avenues. Yeah. Um, but that was very natural within that career path. So he's quite successful, but then he's kind of moved across. Yeah. And I think that, um, but for me, I do still feel like I'm five years behind my mates. Mm. Um, how about you? Well, I think that question you um, you asked there is pretty layered because I think what what does that actually mean really in comparison? Because they could, there's different levels to it. So um, that's career, that's one aspect. But what about like other stuff in life in terms of your like your relationship? You might have wanted to be um, in a full time relationship, or might have wanted to have kids at this certain ages and stuff like that. I think 
I think it's sort of relative. I think it's sort of relative. You could be um, very advanced in your career, but not have the, what, the family life that you planned or what other people might have. You might also want that. So it really depends what you, what, what it is. Really. So I think in terms of um, finance, I'm sort of in the middle of sort of thing. Like I'm not doing the best out of everybody I know. I'm, I'm not doing the worst. I, sort of, I think I'm sort of in the middle. I'm doing okay in comparison to people I know, people I'm friends with. In terms of relationship as well, in terms of... Um, having like a family and everything like that and having like getting married and stuff like that. I think I'm also still in the middle as well because there's people that are, are more advanced in that, that having kids and then there's people that know it, that single or nowhere near that. So I think I'm somewhere in the middle at the moment. But I also think in life, you can't really compare yourself to people. I think um, uh, people um, grow in their own t- time and I don't think it's a race. So you might feel like you're five years behind somebody now, but I think, you have to go on your own path. Everybody's life is different, I don't think. When I said I was five years behind, I think that's mostly because I went to Indonesia. Yeah. Um, I feel that instead of, because most people's careers kind of particularly stick within their own culture. Mm. So they'll go A, B, C, so, yeah. you know, and then you'll go in a straight line. Whereas I think that when you move abroad, you kind of go outwards and then sort of, but you kind of like grow laterally instead of vertically, yeah. so to speak. So while everyone else is kind of growing up to here, and becoming more mature as people, you go to a different sort of area of the world and then learn their culture instead. I don't actually agree with that maturity comment. I think a lot of people, that's something you've done something, you've got, you, you've ticked a box pretty much. You've done something that people may be dreaming of doing down the line, and you've got that, gotten that out of the way. Now you've lived, mm-hmm. you lived well, it out of the way. Got, not out of the way, but you've you've got that experience in you, and that's something now you can say that I've done that now I can move on to something like this as opposed to somebody like, maybe like even me, that might also one day be thinking I should be moving abroad, I want to be doing this, but I'm getting older. Now I have to make like, um, it's, big, big, it's a bigger change for me to make to move abroad as opposed to you making a change when you are in your early 20s. It's like for me right now, I'm like buying property here, I've got a permanent job, so it's like more mm. stuff keeping me here. So it's a bigger move. You've made you made the move when it was easy to make, and you've got you've done that, and you've experienced mm. that experience. I don't think it's mm. about maturity. I think you have matured. You've got you you have a big life experience there that not, not a lot of people have. Yeah, but I mean, I think that in terms of, I mean, yeah, the things we've done, I'd never take it back. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think that the attitude that I had when I was out there. I personally didn't um, mature sort of in the same, in the Western sense. Mm. So like, um, I think that because of the fact that I was surrounded by people who were my age uh, or slightly younger, um, it kind of kept my attitudes quite young. Yeah. Um, like, you know, sort of very kind of fresh. And also it, it takes a certain, as you pointed out, I mean, it takes a certain person to be able to sort of just at any age or a certain situation to just sort of be like, well, I'm going um, and because I had nothing to sort of hold me back. Um, it was the wisest thing. I think it's probably one of the cleverest things I've ever done. Um, it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. And um, it's something I've never regretted, but I feel that. Um, Do you consider yourself a mature person as a, um, compared to people that you're friends with? Yeah. Um, in terms of where I am at in life, um, it's, if I was at this stage, um, when my parents were growing up, if I was at this, where I'm at now, back in sort of their time, I would be seen as a bit of a loser. Yeah. But nowadays, I wouldn't consider that. But that being said, that's only because I chose, I happened to be lucky enough to meet Louise when I did. Yeah. So if I hadn't met her then, I'd still be living at my parents' house at the age of 30. Yeah. Um, you know, like still doing a kind of a job that most of my 
most of my uh, peers are in their early 20s or yeah. early mid 20s yeah. so um it's quite difficult because it also because I, I changed careers um at the age of 26 so i'm now kind of career wise around about where people who are 24 25 are mm. um and i've you know i've done okay there i've not done badly but um i would say that and also i'd say that you know like that first relationship that was horrible and yeah. really abusive that that really did claw me back a bit as well in terms of um being able to have a healthy relationship afterwards yeah so realistically um you know and also you have to sort of like foreign girlfriends as well when you're out there because you know that when you're when you're abroad you know unless it's meant to be and they're willing to come with you and you know then there's always visa hassle and stuff like that yeah you're not really going to have a relationship that lasts longer than a visa yeah um and that's the sad truth um yeah. so you don't take yeah. things too seriously but you also really do can fall in love um yeah. and you know you don't control that so for me it was uh, it was kind of like sort of having three what was supposed to do one year out which is why i never really learned bahasa that well um and it became three because i loved it there yeah. so I, and I, I built my own little world fantastic it was just an incredible place to be and you know an incredible person to you know incredible way to live yeah um, and it's something i do still miss but I, I say that all the time but my point is that um what's happened as a result is when i came back to the uk i was going into a master's that most people there were like in their early 20s so i was the old guy on the on the um you know, I was the old, old one of the oldest people there. I was kind of that horrible, sort of not horrible, but that kind of weird middle point where I wasn't a mature student, but I wasn't, but I, and I was also I was personally quite immature. Yeah. Um. You know, the ADHD plays into that. There's uh, the fact that I was still kind of reeling from various things in the past, and um, and also because I just hadn't been in England for so long. Yeah. So for me, I do think there's a whole on the whole as a person. Um, when I'm looking at my friends who have got, uh, who are making better, you know, very good money, who've kind of got their head around the concept of um, a career in the UK, um, and actually in particular to, you know, when I look at Louise, um, she's a very mature person, um, and I think I'd say that my the girlfriend, I'd say both the girlfriends before her were both very mature compared to me yeah. uh, in their own right, particularly when it comes to career-wise. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I feel like I've kind of like, you know, like been looking up in a way. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that I'm, going, that I'm ready or I'm going to be ready for a house and to get married for at least another two years. Um, I've only just started making any real money that's not sort of training money. What does it, um, what does it feel like to be around people that you feel that are feel more, in your words anyway, more advanced than you are in life? I don't mind it because they're, they're still the people I grew up with, but also it's actually quite an interesting thing because my university friends are a bit younger than me. Yeah. So, um, but I don't feel like that either. So I don't, I feel like I fit in in sort of mm. both, in both regards, um, even though my sort of academic and sort of my, my working contemporaries are slightly younger than me. People who, uh, who I go home, you know, people who I go for a pint with on the weekend are older, uh, you know, at the same sort of stage or are slightly more advanced than me. So it's um, it's it's kind of like weird to be able to fit into both quite I easily. Think, I think it's good to have people around that that are so-called more advanced than you because I don't I'm not really I'm not really happy like happy with that same sort of thing where because I, I I don't know what that really means that like, yeah you can have more, a better job for me than now but things change in the future like you could get yeah. you can work your way up you might appear to have a perfect relationship but we've seen with um 
Will Smith and his wife is not perfect perfect relationship. Where she's um about four years ago, this R and B singer came up said that he had like an affair with her, his, his wife, pretty much, and mm-hmm. and spoke to Will Smith, and Will Smith was supposedly okay with it, but then did, they did this interview on um check it out later, did this did this interview on like um Friday, last Friday, and um pretty much you could tell by Will Smith's body language that he's not happy at all, really. So, yeah, I can imagine. I mean, he's yeah, like so, the, the highest paid Hollywood actor, and so yeah. bastard comes and nabs his wife. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Like, so they were like looked at in Hollywood as like a perfect couple. So and people looked at them like they're having the perfect life, but nothing. Nobody's perfect in life, I think. And all, no, I mean, I think the more yeah. that image and that veneer is yeah. is the sort of more difficult it's been. Yeah. Because it's like, I, but I, I mean, I'm not saying that anyone's got a step for wife or anything here. Yeah. But I mean, what I'm saying is that they've got, you know, that my friends are at a stage where they've got um, their parents buying houses. Yeah. Um, and they've all got, pro- you know, most of them are on their way through the yeah. process of getting married, having a kid, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe so, one or two of us who are, but yeah. So obviously I'm, I'm, I probably am in that stage as well in life, but just about to buy a, pro- just com- um, complete, um, exchange contracts on a, on a mortgage and um, getting married soon. I don't know when yet because of um, this lockdown, but uh, in the future that's coming up soon. But um, yeah, I never really compared myself. And for me in life, I don't. I haven't really planned a lot of this stuff. It just kind of worked out this way. It just sort of happened this way by accident, to be honest. So um, yeah, I never really look at other people and I try to compare myself to them because yeah, you might be ahead of me now, but in the future you won't be. So or you might not be. So and also as well, I, also as well, I, I, I take it as like sort of a inspiration as well. So if I see like um, one of my friends doing really well, I'm like, oh, that's something I can aspire to as well. So I take I take it that way as well. So I never, I'm never like, oh, you, oh, you, feeling jealous or anything. And I'm, I'm, I'm thought, I thought like being a people that kind of inspire you to want more, as opposed to being people around people that look at, that are looking up to me. For example, I don't like being around people that kind of look at me. That's how, like, I'm the, like, I'm the big shot. I don't like really being around people like that. And I kind of thought, in my friendship group, sort of distance myself away slightly, not, not on purpose, but it's just happened that way. I don't really enjoy. Just because I'm sort of like the big shot in that relationship, I feel. Would you feel that you were ready to sort of take the next step in life, which I presume would be sort of like, I mean, obviously you're ready to get married and stuff. Yeah, and that's yeah. Probably definitely do a podcast on because we've been talking about doing that one since February. Yeah. Um, but um, but like you know, like the idea of, of being a dad and stuff like that. I mean, has that come up yet? Um, yeah, we've discussed it, but um, we have it's not not something that we are like like planned to do just yet. But yeah, something that if it was to happen, that that we would have to that we would actually try to to do, try to live up to, if it was to happen by chance. Um, we're not exactly planning it quite yet, just because how we're sort of in a limbo right now. But it's something we're definitely looking at in the future. Oh yeah, I mean you get married and stuff, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, for me, I'm still sort of like in the girlfriend stages, which is yeah. fine. And like you know, we've got every intention of having a proper relationship that goes a long way. Because I mean, of course we have. Um, you know, like no, I don't think I don't think very many people were in a position where they go into a relationship thinking this won't last very long. Apart um, from when you're living abroad, but yeah. Couple quick questions for your relationship. Um, how, first of all, how long have you been with your partner? Mm, since September. September, like late September. Since my birthday, really. What's that? Uh, ten months then. Yeah, around then actually. Ten. Jesus Christ! No, no, wait, wait. Yeah. Oh my God, it's been ten months. Uh, yeah, about ten months. So I take it obviously you're under a year. So uh, hopefully nobody's done this to you yet. But have anybody been like, oh, when you guys get married yet? Has anybody <laughs> done that to you yet? 
Her mum's already started referring to me as herself as my mother-in-law. Oh, um, no. <laughs> but has anybody been like, like you've been like with your missus, are you, when you guys get married or? Um, no, but I think that a lot of people kind of are assuming that that was kind of the way it's going because I live with her and, yeah. um, you know, like, and it, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's a bit weird because it's like, I think that if coronavirus hadn't happened, we probably wouldn't live together just quite as quickly. Yeah, kind of forced um, it. But because it did, it was just like, I'm not going to let her yeah. go to hospital every day and be scared or whatever and yeah. just sit at home. It's not who I am. Yeah. So I um, I thought about it and then I was like, all right, I'll fuck this. I'm going in. So um, um, the rules to do it. So wait till you hit the year mark. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Because I mean, I've done, I've done the year mark a few times. Yeah. Um, I do find that that's kind of when relationships start to get a bit yeah. sort of um, when you start to really put more scrutiny on them. And I think that, um, for example, a few of my relationships in the past have, have got to that stage yeah. and it's kind of become a bit of a sort of make or break kind of situation. Yeah. Um, one of them, the girl wasn't ready and I was a bit more ready because I was a bit older. Um, another one, I mean, as she said, she was ready, but I just, I don't know. Um, it still bothers me a bit. But then there was another one where like after about five months, she said that I had to convert to Islam yeah. and uh, stay out in Indonesia um, in order to stay with her. Yeah, and I was a bit like, okay, well, I mean, I was prepared for the idea. Um, I did love that to pieces, and I was like, okay, so, you know, if that's what you want, then all I want in return is for you to come to the UK, um, mm. just for two or three weeks. Um, then you know, I'll consider the rest of it. But I had no intent. I, I really, it's not a big deal, but it's kind of like lying to yourself. I mean, I'm not really that religious. It is quite a big deal, I think. Yeah, and also I think the idea. I mean, going through the whole rigmarole of you know, you sleep in the mosque for two weeks or something like that, which is fine. I think it's just been experience, but it wouldn't be something that I would take. That part of it, you have to sleep in the mosque for two weeks. I think so. Um, I think, or I don't know, something like that. Or you have to stay the night at a mosque and then you're allowed to be converted. But okay. it's just the whole sort of bowing and stuff like that. It's just not very me. Um, and I just don't think that it would, I mean, I'd only be a Muslim by name. I wouldn't be a practicing Muslim, which I think is kind of like Pointless. a bit, well, it's just like, I mean, my philosophy is always that, you know, you should do for your partner what you know they do for you and vice mm. versa. So, you know, like with Lou, I would do pretty much anything because I know that she'd do anything for me. Although, you know, like I have strengths and she has strengths. So she's very pragmatic and a bit more romantic. I think if I was to convert to a religion at this point in life, it would have to be for something I'm taking seriously. I don't think there's any point in me take, converting to a religion that I'm not going to take seriously. I'll find out where... I can understand, um, like, well, obviously I'm born Christian, like Christian, I've been brought up in Christianity and I'm kind of really relaxed on that. that that's, that's because that's my basis. That's what I was sort of born into. So me being relaxed yes, on that sort of makes sense. But like, for me to convert to religion, to be relaxed in that religion, so it's like, why would I, a bit yeah, of upheaval, isn't it? I'd be very confused on my deathbed as well. Yeah. I mean, especially when you're like, you know, I ride a motorbike, for all I know, I could die tomorrow if I'm yeah. going home one day but you know and i kind of got it in my head it's pearly gate and my rules you know like not not really sort of you know i mean like i i think that i think when you're out there and when you're confronted with this kind of thing it, it becomes a bigger deal because it's not yeah. actually about the religion it's about the culture yeah and as much as like like the idea of adapting to somebody else's culture is fine and yeah. I, and again with the 50 50 rule you have to be able to try your best yeah. to adapt to them and and but they have to really help you understand and help you um you know help on and, and have a really good argument as to why you should make that sacrifice for them mm. and i just didn't feel like if somebody who 
you know, this person wasn't happy to even take a plane to where I'm yeah. from and my childhood, yeah. then I'm not really going to be comfortable with giving them everything, you know, like with change, you know, like reneging on my own culture. Yeah. And it's not like it was, it's not a big deal in that it's not, a, it's not a sacrifice I wouldn't make for the right person, but it just kind of put it into really harsh perspective after that, after yeah. two years that this was something I wanted. And I was like, well, not really. Um, and also, um, but yeah, it was more about the fact they wouldn't do the same for me. And yeah. that, that kind of got me. And I'm not, I'm not going to make someone change religion if that's what matters to them more than it matters to me yeah. to not change. But it was one of those sticking points. Um, but no, in other cases where, for example, um, you know, I mean, like uh, one of my exes, she lied a lot about, why are we still talking about exes? We always talk about bloody exes. So um, um, well, I wanted to also ask you, I wanted to go back to, um, back to our friends sort of thing. So how many of your friends are like engaged? How many of your friends are married? How many, like, how many friends do have like kids together? I mean, let's say, let's, I mean, on the average, let's say I've got like 10 friends. Yeah. Um, from like sort of, you know, the old days. Um, of my, of the friends I grew up with, I would say at least, I'd say they were all kind of engaged or on their way. Okay. Um, you know, like, I mean, they've been living together with a girlfriend for some time. Um, I know that, uh, and they've all kind of got homes that they've settled together with their girlfriends. Yeah. Um, and they've been living together for a while. Um, two of the lads anyway and then they've um and then they've just the lease the lease on their flat ended and they moved in with the girlfriends mm. uh, respectively and like since and that's been about what a year and a half ago um and what so what before you continue what age range are they in um we're all turning 30 this year so we all met at school so okay. um, yeah we're all between the ages of 30 and 29 Okay. So, and all this stuff's been happening in the last sort of three years. I mean, I came back from Indo when I was about 26, um, late 26, went to university. And in that time, you know, like people, I mean, you know, like they've, I mean, there's, there's been one couple who've been together for seven years. I know that Toby's married um, to his wife, Lois, who's amazing. Um, shout out to Lois. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and like, yeah, and they've been married since 2016. Um, you know, like we've been married and, you know, like, and, but it's something that at the time I was nowhere near prepared for, um, oh, not even on, on any scale. And what age range did you notice this happen? Because, um, for example, my missus is um, a bit older than me, so there's a lot of stuff that she tells me about her friends and all like weddings I've had to go. I've had to go to loads of weddings with her. And, yeah, um, wedding seasons so, around yeah. about twenty thirty. Yeah. So, what age range did you start noticing? Not just wedding, but all these all these type of transitions. When do you, when did you start noticing them? I think late twenties. Um, and I think they, and also because and the whole pressure that came about the Indonesian thing was because in Indonesia it's early twenties mm. that they were married, so they will get given or find a boyfriend, um, and then the, it's all Disney love, and then it's uh, you know, and, and it's all like oh, you know, like I think in in Indo obviously the culture is a bit different, and they're kind of considered a spinster if you're twenty five and not married, yeah, um, and whereas here obviously it's a bit different, and I think that with the advent of career, you know, like of having a big career. Um, I think everything's moved back a little bit over here. Yeah, I think the the romantic stuff takes a bit of a backseat. Um, but you know, particularly when both of you work and you come yeah. back, and it's like, okay, so now you have to kind of fit in. Um, the idea of having a child, having a relationship, having a yeah. sort of thing, and also because the sort of fall of patriarchy, particularly in the West, mm. um, or at least in the relationships I'm in, um, they are. Um, there's been like sort of a lot. There's 
well, I mean, we know that couples are having babies later and later. Yeah. Uh, we know that there's a lot more career driven yeah. uh, people out there, like, you yeah. know, like a large percentage of the work. I mean, the idea of being a housewife nowadays means that either a bloke is making money or, um, you yeah, know, but you need, you need your partner to be making money realistically yeah. in order to support each other. Um, especially, especially like living in London, like God, oh, just to pay the rent and mortgage. If I had to pay for just my rent by myself, I'd probably be like a hundred pounds in the whole of a month or something, or just that's in lockdown, to be honest, not having to pay for travel and everything. I'd be kind of screwed. Yeah. And same here. I mean, like, you know, like my girlfriend makes a substantial amount more than I do at least double um because she's you know well, she's a surgeon um whereas my you know like whereas i'm just like a lowly journo um and i think though that i mean while while i don't really need her money at all um and i do pay my half the rent it is nice to know that there is that financial security mm. um not just for me but for both of us so that if for example um like next month my job goes goes to shit um or i don't get the shifts that i need or you know like i'm I don't know, something something happens to the bike and I have to pay it's pay a load of money. We're still gonna be fine and I'm not gonna to have to go ask to my parents for money. Yeah. Um or for money anywhere else. Um and it means that we can both save up to something we want, like a mortgage yeah. or something like that. So I think I'm very much in that sort of saving up for the yeah. next step kind of level. Yeah. Uh, but I think in London, as you just mentioned, it it must be a lot harder to to climb that ladder into I mean, because I think one of the major steps is the property ladder thing. I think that's as important and as yeah. big of a deal as getting engaged these days is probably a bigger deal actually. I think, I think like London is one of those places you have to just pay attention for different schemes that come up. Cause there's a lot of schemes out there that people don't pay attention to. So it was like in the last few years while I've been, so I've been, we've been like looking for like places, places to buy for like two years now and sort of mm. paying attention to certain schemes and everything. And I'm um, like, what, what we, we're, we're doing at the moment is um, help to buy, which is um, I think about 60% mortgage and 40% government loan with no interest for about five years so that's how it pretty much works so there's like loads of schemes out there and um the government now has just um increased the stamp duty amount so it's now up to 500 pounds so five hundred thousand pounds so people that are buying a property now don't have to pay as much stamp duty anymore which is pretty good for people in london yeah it's just a little bit I don't know. I mean, I feel like you're kind of still paying for something that shouldn't be yeah. that expensive. So it's like we're, we're trying, you know, like it's like they're saying, okay, we know we're ripping you off, but here's an easier way to be ripped off. Yeah. Um, which I don't really agree with. I think that that's why when we're looking, when, you know, like the reason I, we live quite far down south at the moment and yeah. um, we'd be looking somewhere on the coast, particularly now with distance working. Yeah. Um, what it means is that I can, you know, I mean, I can take the same step, which I would have stepped, but now I think because of where we're at um if things go ahead like fine after the year mark or whatever um then we'd start looking at a house and under those circumstances probably look for somewhere kind of local to here because it's more i could get more money i could get more for my money i mean for six hundred thousand pounds um if that's the money that we end up wanting to put down on something that's really really worth it mm. then i get myself at least a three four bedroom house a proper family home yeah as opposed to a small you know like a, a reasonable flat yeah I just think that, yeah. So I've just gone on, like, I just wanted to like, move away from um, housing for a moment. Yeah. Um, how many of your friends, like, I take it most of your friends went to, like, university? Oh, they all did. Uh, have, um, yeah. Have decent careers. So um, how many, including our, our mutual friends as well, how many of them are in the, in the career that they planned or 
or something to do with their grief? How many people do you think in, in comparison are actually? And you, then also, do you think that has an effect of where, on why they've been able to give their parents of um, being further ahead of than us, for example? Um, I don't know. I think that one of our guys has been quite lucky. He's been very, very lucky to find what he's good at. Um, and I think that I think that when you're, I mean, I think we might discuss this before, but when you're quite young and you're suddenly told, what do you want to do for mm. the rest of your life? It's a huge question. Yeah. And it's not one most people can answer. Um, I know that a few of them have done what they wanted to do, um, yeah. but I think a lot of us have had to improvise. So um, I've just stuff out at different stages. I was just thinking about like our mutual friends, the friends that we went to um, uni together, and, and yeah. that same chat and everything. So um, I was just thinking that like, most of us, I think there's one or two of us that are, um, like one that's working in finance. He planned on working in finance, and now that's what he's doing. Um, hmm. I think the he's rest of well, yeah, I mean, yeah. The re- he's doing really well. Um, like, and I think the rest of us are sort of like kind of not doing what we originally attended to as well. So not, not I mean, nothing to do with criminology or psychology. Yeah. And those yeah. are the first two. That I yeah. Do you think that has a, um, a, a sort of an impact on, say, say you were to like leave university and got a job in, I don't know what you would do with criminology, but like, say you did get a job. In, yes. Yeah. Say you, say you yeah. did get that, say you did get that job. Do you think that I mean, would, I didn't would have impacted? I was told that I, was, um, I would have to be a community support officer for two years yeah. and work for free or something, or like work for like very little. And I was like, and I was like, I don't want to do that. I want to be, you know, if I'm going to be a policeman, I want to be a policeman. I don't want to be, I want some handcuffs, you know, I want the training that comes with it. And I think that I was really massively turned off by that. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, like, and then I went into, uh, tried to be in the Navy and stuff like that. So I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. But say you did, say you was to like just look online and type in criminology and the job was just there and you think and you applied on go and it was a decent pay. Do you think that would have impacted where you are in life? Do you think in comparison to your friends? Um, I think that what it's most important is to find a sense of direction and find a place um, and a career path Um, or at least, you know, a sort of career sort of area yeah. that work that is what you want to do and that you know you've got skills in so i know that one of my friends i think he's uh he switched from being a restaurant manager and a hotel manager and he did really well there and then he was just like well kind of done with this at the age of 26 27 and now he's working as an electrician he's making good money there mm. it's a solid job and i think that also the market's changed so um for me if i was to do sort of i mean being a psychologist doesn't that's not a real job anymore is it apart from what your missus does um you know like it's it, the idea of me going and sitting because i wanted to be someone's therapist or something like that and i would have made really good money in the states um but the actual sort of level to which you have to go may as well have just done medicine and gone for a proper you know and been a sort of real doctor so it's a bit difficult really i think and i think that also back when we chose the beginning parts of our career the research the ability to research it in any depth wasn't there um because you couldn't tell between the sort of mummy blog sites and the real hardcore information you didn't really know where to get that information because the internet was still quite in its infancy um and over 10 years obviously you know google has been able to sort of you've got the algorithms that weed out the shit um and so, and also I think the game's changed a lot. And I think the career paths and training and things like that have all changed. And also the fact that three years doesn't seem like that much time um, now, but in, when you're 18 years old, three years is a fucking lot of time. Yeah. 
And so I think those things have all changed. And I think that people who did the right degree for them to start with have got a massive advantage over people who, who've kind of done their degree and then they're like, okay. And then they found themselves in a very different market to the one that they imagined. Yeah. Um, or a very different place um, ultimately. Um, or that their careers weren't what they imagined. I mean, there's a lot of people who say that about journalism now because, because we're kind of moving away from the traditional idea, which is what our parents grew up with, where you're being sought after all over the world to go and find the story and the paper will happily pay 10 grand for you to run off to Mozambique and report on some, you know, like on some rebel held place and they'll, and you'll have a fix. So it'll help you out. And all you got to do is go over there with your pen and paper. Um, I I think the world are, I think the world that our parents lived in is so different to us to, to us at the moment. It's just crazy. Yeah. For example, I'm paid I'm paid more than my mum was ever paid in her entire life. And um compared to what she was able to do with what she was paid, compared to what I am able to do, like it's world of difference. So when I tell her I'm yeah. paid this, she's like, Oh wow, you get paid that. But I'm like, Yeah, it's not worth the same anymore. It's not it's not the same no. thing. And neither are the skills that we have the level. I can't do half as much as you was able to do. You were able to like have yeah. a three bedroom flat and look after a, a, a child by yourself, pretty much on your income. That yeah, there's no way now I'll be able to do all that with, with, what, with what I'm earning now. It's a different world. And also, I mean, I think you know, I mean, we we go on ad nauseum about sort of like you know how about how the, there's a difference between like cost of living and mm. and the wages nowadays. And I mean, we can't turn back time, obviously, and we can't, can't. say, oh yeah. But the skill levels that are required for the jobs that we do now are insane compared to... Yeah, exactly as well. Before. And, I, and I also find it a bit frustrating. What really, really pisses me off is when we're told that we're not... Um, you know, like that, I mean, I was looking for jobs today, for example, uh, just to sort of have a scout about. And there's a lot of people wanting a lot of skills for very little money. Mm. And what with the fact that there's loads of people losing their jobs now, I, I am quite genuinely quite scared that... Um, we're going to be taken advantage of even more yeah. um, than we were before. And I think that's not right. I actually feel sorry for people that don't have a degree, to be honest. I don't, I don't know. Because it's like a degree is almost a new GCSE or A-level, I think. Because um, the jobs that we that you would go for that would originally in the past ask for just an, a GCSE or A-level now ask for a degree. That's, that's what I mean in terms of the degree becoming a new GCSE. And the funniest thing about, um, just to move off education, um, last uh, point on education is that when I was doing my degree, my last module was about like... Um, Basically, it was about talking about how your degree has been degraded and um, mm. it's not worth as much as it used to be just because of, um, you know, how like it's the label. At the end. Yeah, yeah. How the, it's like sort of a, a big fuck you at the end, like, <laughs> your degree's not what worth nothing. <laughs> yeah, we, it's like, yeah, thanks for the 20 grand, pricks. Like, <laughs> what kind of douche move is that? Sorry, Why not? One about, like, here's how you get an actual job in this. Like, not. So that's the, I remember that. I remember that wow. to this day. That's wow. the last thing. That's the last thing I read in um, business studies. That like because um so many people have gone to university, the degrees degraded to the point that it's not worth as much anymore, and it's going to be like a difficult for you to get a job afterwards. And I'm like, oh, this is meant to get me a job. I spent twenty grand yeah. on this. Why <laughs> else would you do that? And it's become to the point. I mean, we talk about this a lot, but it, it's like you're you're really not. I mean, you're not getting your money's worth when you, it's like you come out and there's someone who's actually got three years of on-the-job experience yeah. who's gone in with like a four A-level, has got like a job at yeah, exactly. being paid very little. Like, you know, like my first job was paid yeah. fuck all. And it's like, you know, and then it's like, well, okay, so I'm being paid fuck all for a year. But I learned just as much doing that as I did a degree. Yeah. And it was like, you know, if not more. And I got more experience doing it. I got more sort of like, you know, like, I mean, admittedly, it was a bit of stress. But a lot also, of stress. also, like, remember, as well, like, 
like what we do we do a bunch of studying a bunch of um assignments but like we in university you drink fucking a shit ton of alcohol instantly erase everything you just learned anyway so it's like like yeah i'm gonna do all of this thing and then i'm gonna take the men in black flash thing immediately afterwards and (laughs) and now it's all gone (laughs) you ask me a week later what's the title of your dissertation dissertate what yeah, I know, right? It's like it's like it's like I think I'm studying something. It's like, what, what are you doing? I don't know. Mostly drinking. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, like anyway. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think though that with the university, it's quite good. But I mean, for thirty grand or whatever it is they're charging, how much are they charging now to go to? Um, I think it's like nine grand a year. Nine grand a year. Okay, or so that's plus. twenty. It's like twenty-seven grand. Okay, so with twenty-seven grand, if I took that twenty-seven grand and went traveling, mate, um, or put that on a house, or put that on something like that, you know, I mean, like. I mean, like, let's face it, a lot of people, like, they're getting a bit of help with the parents, whatever, but I've got to pay that 27 grand back. Hold on, man. I just thought of something just now, as you're just saying, that we're calculating that money just there. Say, say for example, somebody like me that did um, business, business studies, I did business management. What if I was to, like, would it be more beneficial if I was to take, um, take that money and just put that into a business as opposed to spending that money and being talked to about education? Well, yeah. Absolutely. But then again, you wouldn't know how to build a business. But then I think though that nowadays, like you could do a very quick business course. I mean, like realistically, all you need to know is the basics and then yeah, exactly. you need is a product yeah. and then be able to sell that product. So, I mean, that's not, I mean, it's difficult to run a business, but then it's difficult because the business throws balls at you that you're not yeah. expecting or because you have to learn a lot very quickly. But again, you'd have to learn a lot very quickly, not learn a lot because someone else has done it before. And, you know, and also I think that if, you know, if you want to learn how to run, run a business, just talk to the business manager at your restaurant that you're working at anyway. I mean, yeah. it's, it's just a bit, it's like, okay, so how do you run this business? Well, what I do is I do X, Y, and Z. All right. Okay, thing, cool. But the thing is though, like you can do it at A level and everything for free. So like, couldn't you just learn that and then kind of you do your Googles and do research? Yeah. Yeah. And then do once that. you've done that, yeah. go, you know, fuck off for you, get it all set up. You know, like start it up and like when you're 25 or whatever and that thing's ticking over nicely, yeah. fuck off. Yeah. Uh, you know, do your Indonesia run. Yeah. Uh, I think though that with, um, and I think that we're using 2020 hindsight. I think that a lot of my friends, I had a friend from school who did exactly that. After one year at university, he was like, actually I made a more, he, he used to make his chicken coops and then he moved that from that to selling designs and got a good contract with them. Um, you know, like with a major retailer and then from there on in, and his, his turnover is around about a million. Mm. He's making about, you know, like, I mean, his business, he's got a warehouse, he's got everything and he's doing really, really well. Um, and he's my age and it's annoying, but it's true. I mean, I, I mean, you should have seen him trading Pokemon cards when we were kids. He went out with one, he went out with one Pokemon card and he came back with a stack of them. And I used to just kind of ask for a couple, but I didn't like Pokemon cards in the end because they just made me feel a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just didn't like the whole sort of fuss that everyone was making over trading them and stuff like that. And I, yeah. I really realised that I wasn't really one for the open market. Um, Interesting. So people got people got stabbed to death in, about over them in London. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's a really shit way to die. Terrible thing to die over. It's like, what did you get killed over? A fucking Charizard? I mean, ouch. <laughs> anyway, um, so going back to our original point, um, you know, like where are you in life compared to your friends? The answer is about three years behind behind a lot of them. I do wish that my career had been a bit more linear, but I don't regret the fact that it's gone the way it has. Um, and I think it is kind of going up. The, I'm going on the right track at the moment, but I do feel like I'm sort of where most 26-year-olds are. Um, the idea of being a manager right now is quite scary, but I've been applying for managerial jobs just to see what happens uh, at the moment. 
So, I mean, as you say, anything can happen. Yeah. Um, but I just don't, I mean, cause I feel like for me, I, I, I want to have the next level of responsibility, but I don't think that like life is letting me have that, if that yeah. makes sense. Um, but a lot of them are getting married and things. So I'm probably going to be sort of, I mean, realistically, given the fact that my girlfriend's a bit older than me and over the next two years, you know, see how it goes. But after that, it'd probably go quite well. Mm. Um, I can imagine that, you know, like I'd be probably catching up to them a lot more. Yeah. Um, and I, think, uh, I don't think like life is a race, really. I don't think like, oh, you should be like, we need to be doing because that it's all different. Like we all have different like um, abilities and different like our jobs lead us, lead us on different paths and we meet different people at, at different times in life. And I think it's not, it's not a race. And also as well, there's like, we don't, we don't, we don't all have the same like cards in the deck and everything. It's all about like chance sort of thing. I just think, just sort of work with what you what works best for you and not i don't think that like looking at what other people have done can you have inspiration i don't think I, I never tried to be like oh this person's done this at this age i need to do this at this age i never tried to do it that way it's just like oh somebody you see somebody doing well with their business that could go under they could have a massive setback in life or if you see somebody in a like a like a relationship getting a mortgage getting a house that could all go under as well like I do look at my friends and I'm like, oh yeah, you're doing well. That's good for you. I'm like, I'm proud of you. But I'm like, for me, I'm like, I need to be working at my own like progression level, really. You're quite a calm person. I mean, for me, yeah. I, I've always been somebody who compares myself to others quite a lot, even if yeah. I don't mean to. You know what kind of that mentality in my head is my mum growing mm. up. Like, so my mum, like, my mum earned a, had a decent job and a decent amount of money. And um, you, you know, like in your, your school, I don't know if you had this in your school, but like we used to have like non-uniform in primary school, and like the biggest thing was to have like brand new night trainers, right? That was the big, that was the big thing. My mom could probably only afford to buy me like a couple a year, but like that that was enough for me to show off like twice a year at school. But then like there'd, there'd be other people that um be getting trainers every month showing off, and um, my mom's like, yeah, never envy people because you never know how, you don't know how their parents got it, especially like in my school, most people in my year was on um, free school meal, so. No. Yeah, so like, I know and I know people that you, you see going on holiday and everything, and then their dads like get, get arrested yeah. for a bunch of crimes. I learned that from a young age, and my mom goes, you see, just don't envy people, you don't know how they got something, you don't know what it took for them to get it. So you just like you shouldn't look at somebody and be like, I, I want that for myself because you don't know how they got it. That that mentality she put in me from a young age, like don't be looking at your friends like stuff and wanting to be like them because you don't know. You you know that I work hard to get what we have, but you don't know what they did to get what they have. And I'm well, never- so I think when you if you uh, when you well when you gradually become a dad, yeah, do you think you would be open and honest with your kids about how much money you make? Um, to a certain level, yeah, why not? Yeah, my mom always told me what she made, and if that, my parents have never ever talked about they never talk about money. I think it's yeah. important, I think it's very important to tell your kids. I don't know how your financial situation was growing up, but mine was a bit ups and downs. So sometimes we're really good in a good financial place, and then sometimes we're in a really bad. And I think it's important for it for your kids to know what what level they're on financially, what 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 to expect financially, like, oh, things are good now, so I can expect this for Christmas and that for birthday, but like, things are really bad now, don't be expecting all of this, you're not gonna get all of that. But I think it's good to know how, how you are financially going on. I knew, I knew, I knew roughly, I knew that we were kind of quite, um, yeah. I knew we were reason, I mean, I knew that we never were gonna go wanting, but yeah. I mean, like, you know, like we were, 
but I mean, the exact specifics, I mean, I don't know if, um, I mean, I know that the house has done quite well for itself, um, but I'm not sure about sort of any other finance. I think they've gone very much out of their way to make sure I didn't know. Um, so, it's kind of so, confusing actually for me because it means that I'm not sure what, what buys what and what, you know, mm -hmm. what, what would have done best. But yeah. I mean, what Louise keeps telling me at the moment is that, you know, you've got to be, it's less about the money. It's more about, are you happy doing what you're exactly, doing? Exactly. I think, I think I agree with that. Cause I think, um, you can, I've made like, you can make more money doing something and not like what you do. Mm. I mean, it's, it's a third of your life. If you were dedicated to it, probably about half of your life. I was watching an episode of old, like I'm always watching episodes of friends and, um, mm. I think somebody asked like Chandler. I think he, I don't know what he does. I can't remember what he did, but he, um, they asked him about his job, and he's like, "Oh yeah, every, I hate my job. Everybody hates their job." And then all the friends turned around and goes, oh, "I love my job because like Joey's an actor, Rachel works in um whatever um for Ralph Lauren, um Phoebe, uh, I don't know what she Phoebe did, but yeah, Roth works for the museum or some shit. So they're all like, "Oh, I love my job. I love my job." And he's just sitting there like, "Shit, am I the only one that hates my job?" But then he goes on a big um, career change, quits his job and goes on a big career change just because of that. But um, happiness doesn't always pay the bills. And I think sometime in, in life, that goes back to um, like people's progression level. Like, so you might see mm -hmm. somebody that's um, buying a house, got a career, but they might not wanted to do that career in the first place. But they they're doing it because they got like they're in a big relationship and they got a, they got kids now and they have to get married so they need to stay in this job to pay for all this shit as opposed to uh, yeah, I think that's yeah I think that happens to a lot of people like you've like you've gone to a certain point in life where you need to pay for stuff mm. as opposed to like you, but you, you there's other stuff you'd rather be doing but you can't do those stuff because they don't pay as much so you need to be doing something that pays so um in summary ladies and gentlemen thank you for uh, thank you for listening in summary what we discussed today was um. Our friends are doing very well, um, luckily for them. Um, we, by co comparison, sometimes do. I mean, it's 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 okay to feel off point um, um, by comparison, but I think that everyone's kind of doing relatively okay. I think you have to give yourself a five-year mm. sort of bit of leeway around things like this. Um, the other points that we made were that um, life does go off point, and um, this is different to how we planned it. Obviously, um, you know, from university onwards and. Um, it's best not to compare yourself because like um, as Marlon pointed out, like things do go wrong and people's perspectives of everything are different really. Exactly. Um, and what's, what goes on behind closed doors and behind that little smiley face is always a little bit different. Um, we also thanked our favorite troll, Elliot. Um, hang in there, buddy. Uh, we love you. Yep. If you uh, need a hug, let me know. Yeah. Please do leave us a comment. You know, if you need a hug, it would be, more than happy to once this coronavirus thing's over um and then uh, yeah what else um and yeah a big and once again a thank you for toby for our topic of today which was where are you in life compared to your friends and does that matter to you um my name's les steed i'm marla white and this is off point at 30 bye bye